0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Board of Pharmacy What, Why, and How podcast. This is Casey Fisak from IPA. I'm here with Sue Mears from the Board of Pharmacy. Thanks for joining, Sue. Yeah,
1: thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: As far as rules and legislation go today, it was a little bit shorter. I'm sure you wouldn't complain about that, but I guess short is a relative word. Uh, There's a few other interesting things on the agenda, too, that I think would be worthwhile in mentioning. I think we might have talked about last meeting that... Uh, pursuant to legislation passed last year and rules that the board came out with that a new seat will be on the board for a certified pharmacy technician. Is that that correct? Yeah,
1: that's right. So Andrew reported in in his remarks today that um, they are currently trying to fill um, the vacant seat on the board. Um, That would be for a certified pharmacy technician. Um, And they've had some applicants, but he reported that uh, the applicants um, do not meet um, the, kind of the, the criteria that the governor's office is looking for um, because of the current gender structure of the board he actually is looking um, for a male um, board member to fill the final seat um, and ideally someone maybe from the western part of the state or northern around maybe Mason City area um, so if anybody has certified pharmacy technician who might be interested in serving um, on the board they could certainly apply with the governor's office
0: yeah it's interesting sometimes you know they almost read like rap sheets that's what i was yeah. saying to Sue before they're looking for a male from council bluffs area but i you know they i think the important thing to note is it's not that they're just looking for a male it's that statutes require that the, the board be gender balanced now because it's an even number and so um you know it's really not up to the board yeah. at this point they, they just need to find a qualified uh Technician, and so if you know, like Sue said, if if anyone does have an idea, contact uh, the board and or IPA, and we can help you figure out how to apply for that. Uh, the next thing I would mention too, and, and Sue, I don't know if this is—I don't think you're too familiar with it because it's kind of new, but I think it's interesting to note that Andrew had mentioned today that uh, CE will eventually be available through a pilot program. Um, for pharmacists to attend the, the board meetings, is that correct?
1: Yeah, I think he's been trying to work with NABP um, to be able to report to the CPE monitor um, the pharmacist's um, names or license number um, for people who have attended uh, a board meeting for pharmacists so they can get some um, CE credit for attending the board meeting. I don't think it would be, um, it, it wouldn't probably go towards your law requirement um, or I don't think it w- is being set up to be ACPE approved or accredited. Um, but at least it might help, um, fill in some of those, those gaps of the extra hours that you need, um, and try to encourage people to attend a board meeting if they've never been to one.
0: Yeah, I think that'd be, you know, that's, that's in, that's a good idea. I think it's interesting too, cause a lot of pharmacists probably might not be too familiar with the workings of the board or at least the meeting. So that's a great opportunity. Might have to get a few more chairs though, yeah. if that's the case. Well, that's kind of uh, it apart from uh, rules that are upcoming, Sue. So if we want to dive into those and and maybe give us a highlight here, there's only uh, two new proposed, uh, or three, excuse me, proposed notices of intended action, and then one proposed adoption and filing. And I believe, if we just wanna hit on that real quick, I think we talked about that last time, and you said this is just relating to some timing requirements that had to come in front of the board?
1: Yeah, yeah, so the chapter 15, the overall five-year review, um, the board did consider that for adoption at their last meeting, um, but because of the way that um, the rulemaking process rules go, um, there are a minimum number of days that have to elapse Um, before the bill or before the rulemaking could actually be eligible for adoption. And so the last meeting they were actually a day too early um, since they condensed their meeting um, down to one day. So that uh, rulemaking actually wasn't eligible for adoption last time. So they just took took a look at it again and adopted it again.
0: (laughs) And that was relating to correctional practice facility? Yes, that's what I thought. So then the next there are all proposed notice of intended actions. so if we want to just start right off the top with the Chapter 4 pharmacist intern changes, you want to give a highlight uh, yeah. of those maybe?
1: Yeah, this is a simple um, proposed rulemaking. So this will all of these next three rulemakings will be proposed for notice of intended action. So they'll go out for public comment. Um, but for Chapter 4, it's just... Um, proposing to strike a sub-rule um, relating to the supervision um, of pharmacist interns, and currently pharmacists are limited to supervising only two interns concurrently, um, and this proposed rulemaking would um, eliminate that restriction to allow pharmacist preceptors um, to concurrently supervise more than two interns.
0: Thanks, dude. I'd, I'd imagine that. It would be quite helpful uh, as far as the impact goes?
1: Yeah, you know, I think a lot of pharmacies, they'll have, um, they have interns, um, you know, individuals working at their pharmacy that they are registered as an intern because they're going to pharmacy school, but they're, they're maybe doing technician work. um, And, and so they don't want to dual register as an intern or as a technician. So they're, they're working maybe as a technician, but they are an intern. And so it, it has caused a lot of a lot of confusion, a lot of questions coming into the board about, you know, where this two, um, this limit of two interns, where do you draw the line if if they're working more in the capacity of a technician. So um, hopefully this would help eliminate some of that confusion.
0: Gotcha, yeah, that makes sense. Um, You know, the next one here on the list uh, relates to two chapters. First is chapter eight, universal practice standards, and then it also wraps in the telepharmacy practice. So again, if you just want to give a sort of a quick overview uh, of, of those proposed changes.
1: Yeah, certainly. So um, part of this proposed rulemaking is just cleaning up rules to help it to match what is in code. So specifically relating to telepharmacy and the application process, um, code requires in the application that the telepharmacy, proposed telepharmacy site identify the distance to the nearest pharmacy that dispenses drugs to outpatients. Um, And so when those rules were being developed at the board office, you know the assumption was that these are general pharmacies um, that a telepharmacy will come in, um, but now we're starting to see um, instances where maybe a telepharmacy wants to s- set up near another telepharmacy and so the legislature um, the code language specifically says just a pharmacy that dispenses to outpatient um, or dispenses outpatient drugs to outpatients um, it doesn't say general pharmacy so um to get to the intent of the law, we need to remove the language of general pharmacy. Um, and then it also uh, requires that when a pharmacy is going to change their license type, so for example, going from a general pharmacy to a telepharmacy operation, it would require um, that, um, that change may require an inspection of a, by a compliance officer before that license is issued. Um, And it would implement a late penalty fee for late submission of license change applications. So where we see this a lot is if pharmacies have changed their pharmacist in charge and they did not timely um, submit that application for that change. um, The board's only recourse to this point has been opening an investigation um, and maybe Um, taking formal public discipline, um, but this would be a way that um, the pharmacy can submit their application, albeit late, and pay a late fee um, and be done.
0: So I think that's a great example of uh, why rules are necessary sometimes, because you can't put all of those details into legislation, right? So, yeah. you know, when you write rules, you have to operate within the intent of the law, but you just couldn't possibly include all of that detail uh, into the into the Iowa Code when you yeah. pass legislation. So I think that's a great example or a little bit of insight to exactly why the rulemaking process is so important and probably why you're so busy all the time. Yeah. yeah. So the last one here on the list... Uh, You've probably heard a lot of talk, um, you know, about the legislation that was passed last year relating to statewide protocols and that those rules have been forthcoming. Um, So the uh, amended, um, excuse me, the proposed notice to amend chapter 39, expanded practice section, that uh, relates directly to the implementation of the legislation that was passed last year.
1: That's correct, yeah, so this proposed notice of intended action um, establishes um, a new rule enter into and and participate in these statewide protocols. Um, Once they are developed, they'll be developed by the Board of Pharmacy um, in collaboration with the Public Health Department um, and those would be for in the areas of immunizations, nicotine um, replacement, tobacco cessation, and then naloxone. Um, And so these rules are proposed to establish the minimum standards for participation in these statewide protocols um, and you know, as far as naloxone and immunizations go, um, the, the proposed rules under a statewide protocol are very similar yeah. to what's currently right. established for statewide standing order for naloxone um, and for immunizations a physician signed protocol. Um, so there's not a lot of difference there. Yeah. Um, one thing um, that is a little bit different as far as the immunization CE requirement, um, a proposed change would be to require that CE be ACPE approved. Um, with the topic designator of 06 Um, and I think the goal down the road um, will be to allow that 06 category to be to count towards somebody's drug therapy CE requirements but that will be something that you know we'll look at when we make some changes in Chapter 2 for pharmacist requirements.
0: Gotcha. So the, the naloxone and, and immunization, like you said, largely based off of what was either existing in code or the standing order that existed for naloxone already, yep. uh, the one of interest might be nicotine replacement because that's relatively new or, or novel in the state. So yep. these will all be open for comment here in upcoming?
1: Yep. They'll be filed here in the next couple of weeks or so, so they'll publish I don't know, maybe the end of September, probably not the end of September, sometime in November or October, they'll publish and it will be open for public comment. Um, And I guess just to be clear on the statewide protocols, the, the rules we're moving forward with, but the protocols themselves are still in development. Right, right. I think that's um, an
0: important distinction. Thanks for pointing that yeah, out. Yeah,
1: yeah. So we're, you know, we're in the process of um, drafting those protocols. And then, of course, we need to work with public health um, and get their take um, on the details.
0: Right. So... Uh, Just to clarify this, Sue was talking about the rules, and, you know, when you refer to a statewide protocol, uh, when a pharmacist, or pharmacy, excuse me, implements that, they will have to follow the specific protocol that the board is still working on, and you right now are just putting out the proposed notice relating to the rules that will go into the administrative code. Okay, great. Well, thank you. I think that's, uh, like I said, an important distinction. Well, I got here, Sue. I appreciate you taking the time and walking us through that. And uh, everyone uh, listening at home, I think the board... Uh, Next board meeting is scheduled for November. I don't have the exact date in front of me here. Uh, Maybe 13th, 14th. Yeah, that's it. November 13th and 14th, so pay attention uh, for the next uh, What, Why, and How podcast then. Thank you.